Hello, hello, hello to our wonderful youth. Welcome to the 4th of February. Yes, we're in February month and welcome to our broadcast, Yellow on Air. If you have just tuned in for the first time, youth between ages 15 and 35, this station every Sunday has dedicated 59 minutes to inspire you at 10 a.m. on Sundays as well as on Mondays at 10 p.m. youth. UK time. So if you miss the inspiration of the Sundays at 10 a.m., then you can get to listen to it on a Monday at 10 p.m. because it is a repeat. Yes, this wonderful slot of Yellow on Air has been sponsored by Gospel for Grampian UK radio station. Our founders, Rob and Helen Rowe, we thank you for the time given to us to inspire youth. Women of Africa Care is the owner of the Yellow on Air broadcast, and we inspire women and youth. That is our passion to inspire women and youth. So every, every Sunday, we have the privilege of inspiring youth on air. And if you have just tuned in today, I encourage you to please listen to our episodes in January, episodes 13 and 14, and more especially 14, because there we speak about understanding purpose having good character, and helping youth prepare for the business world or preparing for employment. What are the things to look out for for interviews? How to trust the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you into all success because the Word of God says the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth and righteousness. How to walk by faith and to trust God and to have a good relationship with the Lord. How good character is everything. And we speak about respecting elders, respecting your families, and how to be a good person. So we encourage you for uh, our listeners today, if you haven't tuned in to listen to episode 14, I encourage you to go into Gospel for Grampian Podbean and you'll see the podcast episode 14 sponsored by Yellow on Air. Please listen to it. It will encourage you and give you foundation on how to be a good person. Because if you are believing 2024 to be a year of success, a year of great exploits, then with greatness comes good character. With greatness comes a relationship with the living God. With greatness comes wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And all of that only comes from the Lord. Human knowledge, wisdom, and understanding is limited. But God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. And God is omnipresent. And God placed us on the earth and he's given us his presence, which is the Holy Spirit, to lead us into great exploits and successes. So if we don't develop a good relationship with the Lord, we will not be able to be successful by the kingdom of God's standards. We will try to be successful in our carnal mind. And anything that is carnally motivated and inspired has limitations. Whereas the things of the kingdom of God has got no boundaries and no limitations because the minute you became born again, gospel for Grampian listeners, eternity became yours. You began to live for eternity, live in eternity. That is why the Bible says, I no longer live for in Christ, I live, move, and have my being. Meaning that even though Christ is in heaven, the life that we now live, we live in Christ Jesus. Because the minute our spirit man became born again, we have now become introduced into the kingdom of God, which is spiritual, and that is eternity. Eternity has no time limits, no boundaries, no 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 limitations and so 
as children of God, for us to be able to tap into that supernatural uh, nature of God that has been granted to us through the Holy Spirit. We have to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So I'm encouraging you to please listen to episode 13 and 14 that we have played out during the month of January that talks about walking in the Spirit, fulfilling the, the things of God through, through operating in the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, the nature of God, as well as how to prepare yourselves for economic activity because God has created the platform for the next generation, the generation, the millennials and the generation Z to be empowered and uh, established in this in this time and era. I mean, majority of Africa's population are youth. Our youth, And so if we don't establish the youth and uplift the youth and put uh, leadership abilities in youth, then Africa will perish because majority of the population are youth. So if you want to see economic activity expand in the, in, in, in Africa continent as an example, then we need to make sure that the masses and the population have continuous succession planning. And so if the youth are the majority of Africa, then we need to have succession planning in place to develop and uplift and grow the next generation, which is the millennials and the Generation Z. And so really, that is what we are going to be covering for the entire 2024, how to empower and encourage the youth of this generation to be able to take accountability, take responsibility, operate from a spirit of excellence so that God can raise them up to lead this continent into great exploits. I'm thinking about Daniel, our youth listeners today, Daniel and his three Hebrew friends were youth, that when they were uh, on exile from Israel into, into Babylon, they were, they were exiled as youth, and they were, they were completing their studies amongst the Chaldeans, and when the leadership of Babylon had interviewed the Hebrew boys against the Chaldeans, the Bible says that they excelled and proved better in every way in terms of wisdom, knowledge, and excellence when compared against the Chaldeans who were a powerful nation at that time. And so God develops us and we see that God is not a respecter of age because in the in the age of Daniel, Meshach, and Shadrach, they were youth, but God empowered them to be able to be successful in a Babylonian empire because Babylon at that time was extremely powerful and God raised up the Israel Hebrew boys to be able to function in positions of influence in Babylon. And if we bring that and translate that into our current dispensation, we are saying to our youth today that God has opened up the platform in Africa and globally for our youth listeners to be able to be effective and influential like the three Hebrew boys. And it says in the book of Daniel that those who know their God will do great exploits. And these Hebrew boys did great exploits in the name of God. But even when the Chaldeans challenged them, because the Chaldeans knew that there was a greater power functioning through these Hebrew boys, therefore they excelled and could not be competed. The 
Chaldeans could not compete with the uh, with the Hebrew boys. So the only way that they can get rid of them is to go and find out what is causing them to be successful. And surprise, what do you think caused them to be successful? Their relationship with the Lord. And so Daniel, uh, the the Chaldeans got upset and that that and jealous of their success and began to investigate. And then they said, okay, we can actually stop them from praying. Maybe that's going to stop them from being successful. So what do they do? They passed a decree that they, you need to only, that the entire Babylonians must bow down and worship uh, Nebuchadnezzar. So that was one way of idol worship, worshiping the world and not worshiping the Lord. And so the Hebrew boys were, were tempted to stop worshiping the living God who made them successful and were lured into worshiping and bowing down to idols. But because the Hebrew boys knew their God, they refused to bow down to idols and they submitted to the kingdom of God principles that, you know what, Nebuchadnezzar, we respect you but we cannot submit to your request of bowing down to idol worship because it it goes against our belief system. So if you want to put us in the fire as a penalty for not submitting to bowing down to idols, then punish us by putting us in the fire. We perish, we perish, but we unfortunately cannot submit to that request that you are asking us to bow down to idols. And what happened, youth? They chose to obey the kingdom of God and reject bowing down to idols, while the rest of the Babylonians submitted to bowing down to the idols, they were put into the fire. The very people that opened up, the soldiers that opened up the place of the fire to put them in were consumed. But these Hebrew boys got into the fire. They were bound when they got into the fire. But the but Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian people began to see that when they were in the fire, they didn't get consumed. They were dancing, there were four of them, and they were not bound anymore, they were free. And so when we choose God over the world's rules, we are free, we are not bound, we can dance in the difficult situation, we are not bound, and God is with us. And so let this resonate with you youth today, that whatever you're going to do in this time, because God has created the platform for you to be raised up as leaders, you obey the word of God. If you look at the pattern in the word of God, that every time God raises up a leader, the enemy comes in to wipe that leader out, to destroy that leader, because he knows that everything rises and falls on leadership. So as the youth are being raised up throughout the continent of Africa, I'm encouraging you today that you cannot be naive of the of the principalities and powers that you are dealing with. The word of God says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers, rulers, and authorities of this dark world. That means that everything that's coming against you, there's always a spiritual enemy behind it. So when people come against you, your families come against you, your friends come against you, know that if they are not spirit-filled and God-fearing, they've got an open door that the enemy has used to enter into their lives to persecute you. The devil is slight. He will not use people that do not like you to interfere with you because he knows it's not going to affect you. So the devil will use people that 
knows matters to you to come and impact you. If he knows that your career is important, he will use people in your workplace just to frustrate your career. If he knows that your family is important, he will use the weakest link in your family to frustrate you because why? Everything rises and falls on leadership like John Maxwell says. And you see the pattern in the Bible. Satan goes to wipe out the leadership because he knows if there's no leader, the people will perish because when there's no leader, there is no covering. When there is no leader, there is no submission. Therefore, there's discord and there's chaos. So we are encouraging you youth today. As South African laws, regulatory laws, laws are promoting youth empowerment. Do not be naive and think that because you're a leader, that you have it all and you won't be under attack. And don't be naive to think that when you're under attack, that it's because you've said something or you've done something wrong. The enemy is out to attack leadership because he knows when he's got the leader, then everything under the leader is going to collapse. So I am talking to our youth today as you prepare to take over the continent of Africa and rule it because you are the basket meaning you are the foundation. The generation Z and the millennials are the next generation that's going to take Africa to another level. And so you need to build a good foundation in order to be a powerful, influential leader that will not lead Africa into another um, colonization, but you will lead Africa to go from strength to strength so that we can be a powerhouse in this time and in this era. Our forefathers have paved the way for us to get out of racism, to get out of apartheid, to get out of colonization. And Africa is rich in natural resources. They are rich in, in, in agriculture. And so there is so much opportunity for the next generation who are the youth to build on the richness of Africa and take this country to another level in order for the generations to follow to have a good success. Yes, we have unemployment rate. Yes, we have uh, uh, infrastructure issues. But I can assure you that if you can build from what has been already established and ensuring that God is leading you in your building, then whatever you build will stand. Because I'm remembered of what Psalms 127.1 says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. And what is what this is really saying, Gospel for Grampian Youth today, is that unless God builds your vision, unless God, God raises you up, unless God empowers you, unless God builds your place of uh, influence, you build it in vain. You will be like the Chaldeans who are building and you're not getting anywhere. But if you choose to be like the Hebrew boys that built their career and their profile in Babylon on God's standard, when you are measured and evaluated against the Chaldeans, against the, the world system, Believe you me, our gospel for Grampian youth, you will stand out in a pleasant way above and beyond the world's competition. 
Everybody that has been studying the same as you, everybody that has been tested the same as you, everybody that has been put under the same skill sets as you, when you are measured, you will stand out in a beautiful way, just like the Hebrew boys. You will excel in wisdom, knowledge, understanding, grace, power, and knowledge of all things because God has built you. God has raised you up. And that is what this means in Psalm 127.1. Unless the Lord builds you, you are building in vain. You are just like the world. You know, if you don't want to be in competition with anybody, then you have to build on God because God is all knowing. God is all powerful. God is all wisdom. Through wisdom, God established the earth. Can any human being make a, a, a planet turn around on its own without anything holding it? It has to be a divine wisdom power to be able to do that. And that wisdom is God. And it is his power that establishes a thing. It is his power that creates. And so if you are saying today, Lord, I want to live out my purpose in Africa or anywhere in the world directed by you, then you need to submit to the Lord. Because if you don't, then you will always, always be in competition with other people. The world system is competitive because you are limited by human nature, human thinking, human ability. And therefore, there's room for competition because you compete with, with one another at your level of human ability. But when you begin to function in the nature of God, nobody can compete with you just like nobody could compete with the Hebrew boys because their foundation was God. Think about this gospel for Grampian listeners. When the, the Chaldeans and the, the Babylonians could see that the Hebrew boys were excelling and succeeding in all things and getting promoted, they began to get jealous. They began to get threatened. And what was the thing that they tried to stop them in order for them to pro progress? They didn't go and say, let me steal away their creative ideas. Let me uh, hinder them from uh, their workstations. Let me stop them from learning new things. No, they actually knew that the secret of the Hebrew boy's success was their relationship with God. That is why they said, no, these boys are praying regularly. Maybe there's something about their prayer life that is causing them to succeed. So what did they do? They went to Nebuchadnezzar and they said to Nebuchadnezzar, hey, you better stop these boys from praying. Tell them to worship you. Make, make, well, they didn't say you better stop these boys from praying. The Chaldeans went in a subtle way and said to Nebuchadnezzar, Make a rule that everybody worships you and nothing else. And But their sly way was actually trying to stop the Hebrew boys from praying because they knew the success of the Hebrew boys was their relationship with God. And look what happened. The Hebrew boys didn't submit to Nebuchadnezzar. They submitted to God and said, if you want to put me in the fire, fine, do it. But I am not going to submit to something that's in conflict with the word of God. And so that's what we're trying to tell you today, our beautiful youth out there, that if you try to submit to the world system, you will be defeated because human beings can compete with one another. But when you try to follow the, the system of God's kingdom, you will never be defeated because no one can compete with God's kingdom. And when you adapt to God's ways, God, even your Christian folk will not compete with you because the word of God says in Ephesians 2.10, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that God created in advance for us to do. And in Psalms, I'm not sure what scripture it says, but God has numbered our days. And 
And David says, teach me to number my days according to your plan and purpose. And so every single one of us have been created by God for a divine destiny, a divine purpose. I'm also reminded of Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a good future. So every Christian has got a destiny that has been set up in heaven. It's called your blueprint. And so even amongst your fellow Christians, if someone tries to compete with you in the carnal, even though they're Christian, they will never succeed if you allow Jesus to be the foundation of your career and you let him build you up because you are building on a supernatural power, supernatural wisdom, supernatural understanding. Therefore, no one can compete against you. You will always have a position of victory. That is why Daniel said in the book of Daniel, those who know their God will do great exploits because he's seen that the Chaldeans were powerful, but because the Hebrew boys knew their God, they do great exploits when compared against the Chaldeans. So really where I'm leaving you today when we're talking about our our inspiration today, it's about building your house, building your life, building your body, building your mind, building your mind, will, and emotions, building your heart, building your, your career path, building your vision, building your purpose in life, building your family, building your finances, all on God. Because the word of God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Whose righteousness gospel for Grampian youth? It is his righteousness. So when you try in your ability, you're going to fail. Jesus has given us his righteousness as a free gift. When we pursue his righteousness, we pursue his nature, we pursue his life. And therefore we can say, I no longer live for in Christ. I live, move and have my being. And when you begin to do that, then the life you now live is a life of victory in Christ Jesus. Therefore you are building in Christ Jesus. And that's why the Lord says, unless God guards your city, you guard it in vain. Meaning unless you allow God to pray through you, intercede through you, you pray in vain. So intercession is such an important part of success in life because you don't pray in your way of understanding. Intercession is Holy Spirit. You know and see all things before I can know and see it because you are all-knowing. Please pray through me the perfect will of God. And when we intercede, then it is the spirit of the Lord that is praying through us. And really, that's what it means. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Meaning, unless you allow the Holy Spirit to intercede through you, you are praying in vain. When you pray in English and you don't pray with understanding, you're praying carnally minded petitions and requests because you pray what your limited mind thinks you need. You pray what your limited eye shows you you think you need. But the minute you begin to pray in the spirit, you praying the kingdom of God plan and will for your life. That is why God is saying, unless the Lord guards your city, meaning intercedes for you, you are praying in vain. And so as we're talking about today, your strategy for 2027, sorry, 2024 as a youth, it starts with allowing God to build you, and it starts with you praying in the Spirit as in intercession. When 
When God instructed David to build the temple through Solomon, in 1 Chronicles 28 it says, David instructs Solomon to build the temple for God to dwell on earth in. And this is what David says. David gave Solomon the plans for all the temple buildings, for the storerooms and all the other rooms, and for the most holy place where sins are forgiven. He gave him the plans for all he had in mind for the courtyard and the rooms around them, etc., etc. He gave instructions as to how much silver and gold must be used for certain things that must be built there. Okay, and then in verse 20, King David said to his son Solomon, I am confident and determined. Start the work and don't let anything stop you. The Lord God is with you. He will not abandon you, but he will stay with you until it is finished, until all the work is done. The workforce have been assigned duties to perform to build this temple. Workers of every kind of skill will help you and all the people and all the leaders are at your command. So youth, I want you to know that don't think that because you're a youth that you don't have authority and people are not under your command. When God puts you in a position of leadership for a divine purpose, then people will submit to you the way they submitted to Solomon. Because remember what happened, youth, when David had given Solomon the blueprint that God had given uh, David. God gave David the plans to build the temple. And so when God, when David had given Solomon the plans to build the temple, Solomon thought, who am I? I'm young. I, I don't have much knowledge about things. Am I ever going to be able to do this? And you probably, youth, are thinking the same thing today. Hey, Gospel for Grampian Youth, you're probably thinking, I'm a youth. I don't have any experience. I don't have knowledge of these things. And here now, this leader or this community leader or this stakeholder or this job opportunity, this boss has just now landed all of these plans and saying, go run with it. You are no different to Joseph, who was a young man. He was 30. You are no different to the three, four Hebrew boys that were put in positions of influence in government. You are no different to Solomon who his father had confidence in him to do it. Why? Because God told David, you will not build the temple, Solomon would do it. So David had confidence that Solomon would do it because God told him. So just like that youth, if God has called you to take a leadership position that requires accountability and responsibility, because that is what leadership is, do not be afraid to take the bait and think you are inexperienced unqualified, and all these important people are under your command, you don't be intimidated. If the leader is telling you to do it, it's because God put it in their heart that you can do it. Just like Solomon, God told David, you are not going to build it. Your son Solomon's going to build it. God told the Hebrew boys, I'm putting you in a position of influence in Babylon. God told Joseph, I'm going to put you in that position of leadership. Joseph didn't say, but I'm a prisoner. I've just helped in Potiphar's house. Do you know, Pharaoh, for most of my life I was in prison and I was a few um, years or months in Potiphar's house. So the only experience I have, uh, Pharaoh, is prison life, Potiphar's house, and I was in a pit for a while. Since I left my parents' house, Pharaoh, I've been in a pit. 
and in prison most of my life. So if you want me to be the economist as prime minister of Egypt, I think you got the wrong person. Did, did Joseph say that? No, 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 no. Gospel for Grampian youth. He didn't say that. When Pharaoh called him to interpret the dream, he said to Pharaoh, I cannot interpret it for you. Only God can. And so he waited on the Lord and the Lord gave him a response for that. God gave Joseph strategy on and and a revelation. Sorry, God gave Joseph revelation on what the dream meant. So when Pharaoh heard the revelation, Pharaoh said, you are the best person in this empire that can establish a strategy because you understand the interpretation. So if you can interpret it, then you can develop a strategy to execute an implementation plan to save Egypt during the famine period. And so did Joseph say, I cannot do it? No, he embraced it because he knew the God that set him up to be the prime minister is the God that is going to help him run and be an effective economist. And remember Gospel for Grampian Youth, when he was in a youngster stage, already when he was at home, God already had given him dreams about a destiny where people will be bowing down to him. Remember, he he spoke to his brothers and his dad, and he said, I, I had a dream that you were bowing down to me. That means they were under his authority. And that is what God was saying to, to David as well. He was saying to David that, uh, uh, sorry, that was what David was saying to Solomon, that leaders and nations are at your command, just like the leaders and nations were at the command of Joseph. They were youth. But because they built their foundation on God, God elevated them. God put them in a position of leadership and God embraced, I mean, empowered them to be effective leaders. I'm thinking about it, youth. Remember when, 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 they, when Solomon took on the position of leadership, what did he tell God? He prayed and he said he had a vision from God and God asked him, what will you do? I mean, what do you want? Not what will you do? What What do you want? Ask me anything. I'll give it to you. And Solomon said, you know, um, I need wisdom. I need wisdom to lead this great nation because who can lead Israel, your people? Solomon knew that the people of God were a great nation because they were God's nation. And nobody can lead a godly nation without the wisdom of God. Because God's nation is powerful. And to lead a powerful nation, you need God's wisdom. And he asked for wisdom. And God gave him much more than wisdom. God gave him riches too. God opened his mind that he could talk about anything and everything. God made Solomon so knowledgeable of all things that studying did not become an issue. He craved to study. He craved to understand science, geography, biology, legalities. He craved to understand all things because people from all over the world and not normal people, intelligent leadership people came to hear his counsel because 
They were amazed by the things that he knew. He was knowledgeable about all things. He had divine strategy, divine wisdom, and people came to him to hear him and to count to get counsel. Remember, he judged the nation. He judged between good and evil, between wrong and right. And so even Queen Sheba came and said to him when she came with gifts to, to meet him, because she said, Queen Sheba said, I heard people talking about how intelligent and how blessed you are and how successful your kingdom is. But I thought, let me come see for my own self. And she said, when she came to see, she said, wow, how they describe you is not as big as the reality of it. It's bigger than what they describe. They do not do justice to describing how great and how blessed your empire is and how wise you are. Leaders that are renowned, that are intelligent, that are wise, that are powerful, came to sit in the presence of of Solomon, to hear the wisdom that comes out of him, to see the success that is all around him. And how did that happen? Not because he was good, because I remind you, youth, he was a youth with no experience and lacked uh, wisdom. But because God told David, Solomon will build it, David encouraged Solomon and said to him that here's the plan. I am confident and determined, Solomon, that you can do it. Start the work and do not stop. The Lord God is with you. He will not abandon you. Stay with him. Complete the work. God is with you. Skills of all kind have volunteered to help build this temple. And people and leaders are at your command. That was the instruction God gave David. And David was able to have the confidence to uplift, to mentor, to coach, and to encourage Solomon that he can do this great activity and he can lead this great nation. So I'm encouraging you, youth, today, that as you embark in your leadership role, as you embark in your position of purpose, do not be intimidated by the people that are going to be under you and think they're older than you or they're wiser than you, and therefore you should feel intimidated to be able to lead them. If God put you there, it's because he needs you for such a time as this to fulfill the mandate of heaven for the sake of the people. Your leadership role is not about you. Nobody goes into leadership and make it about me, myself, and I. Leadership is about others. If you are selfish, you cannot lead others. Remember, I want you to go back and listen to episode 14. We talk about good character. We talk about accountability. We talk about responsibility. We talk about transparency. We talk about integrity. We talk about excellence. Those are all the qualities for leadership. And today we are saying if you can get your character right and you can get your qualities right, then you will be able to stand strong in your position of leadership. And when people do try to come and challenge you, you will not be able to be shifted from your position of influence because you know who you are because you know whose you are. Solomon was able to stand strong. 
There were certain of his stepbrothers that came against him because they were jealous of why David put him into position. But he was able to stand confidently in his position as king because he knew God had ordained him to be the king. And he knew the day when he had the vision of God and God asked him, what did he want? He said, God, I want your wisdom to be able to judge your people and lead this great nation. And he knew when he was leading the people and judging the great nation, it was not human ability. His experience did not help him. Wisdom of the world did not help him because he had none of that. It was supernatural wisdom and supernatural ability and supernatural opening of his mind to be able to comprehend the knowledge of all things, of fauna, of flora, of science, of geography, of whatever subject you could talk on. He had understanding of all things because God supernaturally opened his mind to have that ability to know and learn. And therefore he knew when people came against him and challenged his youthful position of leadership, he could stand strong because he knew that grace put him in that position. Not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of God, he was placed in that position of kingship. Therefore he could succeed. And like that today, I'm saying to you, Gospel for Grampian Youth, it is the power of God at work in your life that will put you in a position to do great exploits that no one will be able to compete with you. No one will be able to compare with you because a child of God that allows God to be their foundation will do great exploits and be trailblazers. They will go to places that people haven't touched, haven't tapped into. They will go ahead where people have never ever been before. They will be the people that nobody can compare with or compete with because it is the supernatural power working in them. And unless people know God, they cannot function in that ability. I'm thinking about Proverbs 16.3, Gospel for Grampian Youth. The Word of God says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Remember the plans that, that David had given Solomon was the plans God gave David. At that time, David didn't get those, uh, Solomon didn't have the plans. God had downloaded the plans to David, his daddy. And David then passed on the plans to Solomon. Solomon's job was to commit the plans to God and his position to implement that plan to God. And so when when Solomon took the plans, Obviously, it overwhelmed him. That is why when God asked him, what does he want? He said, give me wisdom because who can lead this great nation? I'm just a youth. So when he committed his work to the Lord and submitted to the plan that his dad gave him, what happened? He succeeded, succeeded that Israel was renowned throughout the world. And he was able to uh, maintain good relationships that his dad had with the other kingdoms around them to be able to trade for tradesmen or whatever resources they need in order to build the temple of God. I'm reading Habakkuk 2.1.4 here. If you are battling with vision on how to establish vision, how to create vision for your life, youth, then I want to encourage you with Habakkuk 2. It says here, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that those who run, those who read it will run with it. So at that time, they didn't have pen and paper, so they were writing on tablets, right? And so God is telling Habakkuk the prophet, 
write what you see. Make it plain so that when you read it, you can run with it. I'm a God that don't give you vision that's complicated. I meet you where you're at. So if you have a vision that's complicated, it cannot be from the Lord. So you need to tap to, into God to find out what is the vision for your life. Tap into God through prayer and intercession and fasting. Why you fast? Not so that your, your body doesn't have any food. You fast so that you can take away all the distractions that will cause you to not hear God. So for example, if I fast, I then discipline myself that the times that I'm supposed to be eating, I use that to pray. So I'm replacing my eating time to prayer. So in that prayer time, I now have discipline to hear God. And because our spirit is confined in a physical body, we hear God in our spirit man, right? And so food and things that entertain the flesh come in the way of our spirit being connected to God. So fasting is a way where we tap straight into our spirit man because we are disciplining our mind, will, and emotions from the things of the natural. We are disciplining our senses from external influences so that we can tap straight into the spirit of God and hear God for our life. So really fasting is about getting easier entrance into your spirit man so that your spirit can connect to God so that you can hear the Lord more clearly. People that don't fast, generally, they'll eat food. They'll maybe sit in front of the TV and watch TV. They might do a lot of things that please the flesh, that please the body, that please the mind, but it neglects the spirit Nate, the spirit man of a person. And the word of God says we worship God in spirit and in truth. So to be able to tap into the kingdom of God, your spirit taps into that. And if your mind, your will, your emotions, and your physical flesh is distracted by eating and entertainment and things of the carnal nature, then it is difficult for your spirit to connect, to get vision from God with revelation and understanding. So fasting is a good way to say, I'm not going to allow my body, my flesh, and myself, my, my mind, will, and emotions, and my, my seeing, my hearing, my eating habits to be controlled by the natural. I'm rather going to put a hold on feeding my flesh, feeding my mind through things that I see in the natural and I'm going to rather let my eyes focus on the Word of God. I'm going to rather let my ears focus on spiritual word and inspiration. I'm going to rather align my physical body to, to start from the physical flesh things so that I can actually feed myself the Word of God and ingest the Word of God using the eating time for praying and meditation. And when you do that, then you begin to hear God better. And so in that time, God will then show you vision. He will show you the vision He has prepared for you. And in that vision time, you will have easy understanding of what God is showing you. Therefore, you can write the revelation down. When God gives you vision, it comes with a revelation, meaning it comes with understanding in your own mind. You can see it, and it, God gives you revelation to understand what you're seeing. And he says, make it plain so that you can read it and run with it. So spending time with the Lord, prayer, fasting, God then gives you vision for your destiny. 
you have the revelation, you can write the revelation in a way that is easy to interpret and understand so that as you're reading it, you can run with it. And that running is that the reading is putting a, uh, a understanding it and the running with it is putting plans in place and frameworks in place so that you can execute that vision to see it come into fruition. Because this is what the Lord says as you go further in Habakkuk, he says, the Lord answered Habakkuk and said, write the vision, make it plain on paper or tablets so that those who read it can run with it. That means you and your team, youth, who read it can run with it because it's easy for everyone on your team to uh, apply it. And then he says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Meaning, wait for it. Be patient. And in the patience, you need to do the planning. What is a vision, Gospel for Grampian Youth? A vision is an end outcome of a plan. So, for example, if I want to own a car that I have a picture, if I have a picture of a X6 Beamer that is blue in color, on my wall, because that's my vision wall to have that BMW X6, then the outcome is I'm going to have that. But by just looking at it, I'm not going to see it in my garage. So the planning to get the car and going to the dealer that has it, getting the finances to buy it, and then driving it and bringing it into my garage is the planning and the activities that will bring that vision that I see on paper into a reality. So what God is saying in verse 3, for though you see the vision, it is for an appointed time, meaning you see it, but the reality of it will happen at the right time. And between the, 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 the vision and you seeing that vision come to pass, there's the planning stage. And that's the planning stage he brings about in in, ver in verse 2, where he says, write the vision, make it plain, so those who read it can run with it. So the reading and running is the planning. The reading and the running is the execution. And the outcome of the planning, the execution, becomes what you saw in the vision. So for example, if I see a beautifully manicured landscape garden in my home, the, out the vision is the beautifully landscaped garden. But writing that picture of that landscape garden on paper, getting people in, the landscapers, getting going and shopping for the flowers that I see in the vision, going and getting the, the soil to put the soil and getting the paving, etc. right, getting the right trees, going and buying the right trees, etc., is all part of running with what I'm reading. I've seen the vision, I wrote it. Now I'm writing down the plan to bring that landscape into action. So I phone the landscapers, I go buy the, the, the plants, I go buy the soil. That's all part of running with what I'm reading. So don't just stop at the vision. Read the vision and run with what the action plan for that vision requires. And in running with that action plan, the end outcome is the vision becomes now a reality. You first saw it in your mind, you wrote it on paper, you developed an action plan, and suddenly, after all the activities are done, the appointed time, that vision had come to pass. So 
Your project started as in God gave you a vision, you wrote it down. Project plan is one. These are the planning for the, the landscaping. Then the action plan, these are all the things I'm going to do. So from project to action, it possibly could take to landscape the garden maybe three months or six months. What God is saying in verse 3, for the vision is for an appointed time, meaning when you got the vision, you wrote it, you read it, you run with it. Now it will come, though it tarries, it will come, meaning between writing the vision to completing the project, which is six months of getting the landscaping done, I suddenly, after six months, see what I wrote on paper, a reality in my, in my garden. So don't end your vision with just putting it on paper. Commit that vision to the Lord. He will give you a way to bring that action plan into reality where you now begin to have mobility to bring that vision and that action plan into project activities. And once the activities have been completed, you begin to see the vision come to pass. Though it tarries, it comes to pass. So you need to take action when you have a vision from God. Write an action plan and get mobility in terms of mobilize teams and yourself to bring that action plan into fruition. And at the end of it, you will see what you saw in the spirit, what you wrote, what you drew on, on paper, a reality months later or years later. And I want to read Philippians 1, 6. Being confident on this very thing, that God, which had begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day Jesus Christ returns. So God has given you a vision, youth listeners. and. You need to be confident that God says to you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you because God has given you the vision for you to run with it. Just like God took the Hebrew boys out of Israel, brought them into Babylon, trained them, empowered them, and said, you will be great in Babylon. My glory will be revealed in an ungodly empire through your godliness. So don't don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't think that because you are in an ungodly work environment that you are in the wrong place. God will raise you up amongst the ungodly people. God will raise you up amongst the Chaldeans, just like God raised up the Hebrew boys amongst the Chaldeans. He raised them up. They had a relationship with God. They maintained their Christian life standard of living, even though they lived in Babylon, which is a world environment. They kept to their framework of their Christian way of living. They kept to their Christian way of praying and worshiping God and living standards so that the things of this world did not pollute them, even though they worked in an ungodly empire. And every time they did something that was godly, the, the Chaldeans tried to oppress them. They stood on their leading and guiding of God's standard. And what happened? While they were put in the lion's den, while they were put in the fire, God got glorified. So don't question God when you are being oppressed. Rather go back to the word of God and say, God, you put me here. You trained me. You upskilled me. You educated me to be in this environment. If they are oppressing me, it's because of 
the gift of God in me, and it is because of the anointing of God at work in my life. So you tell me how to respond to their oppression. You tell me to respond to their persecution, just like how you led the Hebrew boys. So that God, whatever I do in this place will bring you glory. And let me tell you something, youth. When God glorifies you, people will not only see God in you, but you will be promoted. Daniel had about four or five promotions over 60 years because he was steadfast in his place of purpose. But even though four or five kings had changed during that time, they kept him there. From the age of youth up until his 80s, he was steadfast in a powerful kingdom because he stood on the word of God. He left a legacy there. Youth, you don't have to jump from job to job, purpose to purpose. If you try to stand strong in your place of purpose that God has called you, you can build a legacy there by just keeping yourself committed to the instructions of God and living the standard of God's word. Keep God's kingdom standards as your kingdom standards. Even though you might work in a world environment, an ungodly secular environment, these boys worked in that environment, but they were promoted, they were successful, and every persecution that they went through turned around for the glory of God. So you submitting to God will cause the people around you to know God through your life. Because what happened when the Hebrew boys went into the fire and they got out? Nebuchadnezzar said, the God they serve is the one and only God. Nobody is allowed to worship any other God but their God because that God is the one and true living God. And that's what happens when you are positioned by God in your place of purpose. Whatever comes against you, it will turn around for your glory, for God's glory, for your promotion, and the people that are around you will come to know your God because you stood on the foundation of Jesus Christ. You allowed God to build you up. Unless God builds you up, you build in vain. That means if you choose to allow the oppression and the persecution to shake you, then you are going to fall apart. You will not get promoted. You will submit to the world's way and they will never see God in you. But if you choose to allow God to build you up, wherever you go, you will be a strong tower. You will be a strong woman. You will be a strong man. You will be a strong youth that nobody can come against you. Remember what God told Joshua. Joshua was also a youth when he began his journey with Moses. He was 80, right, when he entered the, um, uh, the promised land. But he was a youth when he started walking with Moses. And when Moses had left and he was, uh, had to take over, he, he felt a bit overwhelmed. And God told Moses to tell Joshua, be strong and courageous. The Lord your God is with you and he'll go with you wherever you go. He will go with you. Just be strong and courageous, Joshua. Meditate on the word of God day and night and it will make you successful. And that is what I'm telling you youth today, that just like Joshua, Meditate on the word of God. Stand on the promises of God. Build yourself on the foundation of God. Because unless God builds you up, you build in vain. You build like the world. You build like the world system. You build like the secular world system, uh, carnal minded people are operating in. And when you build like that, you will not succeed because you leave room for people to compete with you. You leave room for people to compare with you where you are just like them. You are equal to them. Therefore, they can compete with you. 
But the minute you allow yourself to be built on God, nobody can compete with you. They'll try, but they will fail. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No evil shall befall you. No wicked shall come near dwelling places. That's what happens when you build on God. But when you don't build on God, every weapon formed against you will prosper. Everyone that rises up against you will pull you down and cause you to fail. That's why it's important to build yourself on the word of God. Meditate on the word of God, youth, and it shall make you prosperous. And God will be with you wherever you go. I remember God telling Joshua through Moses, be bold, strong, and courageous and do the work. And that's what I want to leave you today with youth is that God has called you for such a time as this. Africa needs you youth. Rise up. Rise up. Take your position. You have called, you have been called for such a time as this to lead. You are the next generation to take Africa to another level. If you don't take your leadership seriously, then this continent is going to get colonized again. And you can avoid colonization and build from whatever our forefathers have built from by standing on the word of God and allowing God to build you up. Psalm 127.1, unless God builds you up, you are building in vain. Unless God intercedes to you, your prayer is in vain. Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will succeed. When fast, pray, wait upon the Lord. When he gives you a vision, take time to write it down so that you can understand it. And a, a, another thing, when God gives you a vision and you write it down, Ask God who must see it because not everybody is allowed to see your vision when it is in the conception phase because you have the, the enemy has come to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. And he will come to abort your assignment if you allow the Judases to come in and see what's in your conception phase. It's easier for a baby to be aborted in the first three months of gestation period, right? So. If the mother is doing activities that are really dangerous or if she has a weak womb, then in the first three months of the conception or the gestation period of pregnancy, it's easy for an abortion. But if she chooses to take care of herself in that period of her first three months of gestation, look after herself, knowing that the doctor said her womb is weak, etc., and she protects herself, then you know that the gestation period will complete its phase and the baby will be born healthy at the time of birth. And that's exactly what happens with us. When God gives you a vision, make sure you keep that vision preserved, protected, and do not allow anybody access to see it. Jesus only had four people in his inner circle, yet he had 12 disciples. You need to ask God, in my time of having vision and writing it down, who do you want in my space to read it and run it with me? Because I can tell you, Gospel for Grampian listeners, I was so naive when I had my vision for the company and I began to write it and make it public. A lot of people try to come and steal some concepts. A lot of people try to steal concepts. And I failed a few times. And had it not been for the word of God that the vision still stands, I would have perished. This, this, this business would have been aborted. It would have fell apart. But I had to 
get back to the drawing board and realize I need to preserve the vision in the time of it being conceived, in the time of it being, uh, uh, you know, growing in the gestation period where the public cannot see it because it's not healthy enough to be publicized. It is still in the gestation period of being confined so that it can grow and get the nourishment and have its bones and limbs and skin and eyes. Same with your vision until it's fully, fully ready to be seen in the natural, to be physically publicized. You need to preserve and protect it because the enemy will come to rob, steal, kill, and destroy that vision. So as I leave you today, Gospel for Grampian Youth, I just want you to know that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of, of a sound mind. That is in 2 Timothy 1.7. So embrace this 2024. God has called you to do great exploits. Embrace it. Run with the vision God has called you to run with. And do not be intimidated. Be bold, be strong, be courageous. Let 2024 be a year of great exploits because you know your God. And those that know their God will do great exploits. I love you. Be blessed.